credo, I believe, this whole series is uh, going to be on what we as followers of Christ believe. And, and, and maybe you're a follower of Christ. Maybe you're still kind of figuring out whether you are or just thinking about that and so forth. And uh, I have um, some of these themes that I'll be talking about throughout the series. And uh, I'll tell you this first one, which is the nature of God. It's just, and, and really the song says that, that we just heard. It just doesn't get any better than this. Uh, it's hard, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard... It may be hard for you to imagine, it just gives you a little insight into me, but um, when I first went back to school to study for the ministry, um, not particularly because I had this great hunger and thirst for knowledge, I knew I would learn, but I also knew that I had to have a degree to do what I wanted to do in terms of uh, churches and, uh, as a pastor. And I first went back, and uh, we, I'm married, have, we have a ch- our first child, and um, I never thought that I could get up on Monday morning and think about the fact, really, almost literally like this, oh boy, I get to have that class. We had, we had theology for all four. You had four years of theology, of course. That's why my degree is in theology. But, um, uh, but my, that one, one whole semester was just on what we call theology proper, which is what the nature of God. And so for me to get up in the morning and, and on a Monday morning and realize I had three classes that week, just on studying who God was, was something that it was new to me. I was so excited. It was just like, wow, I get to learn more about who God is. And, of course, you could do that from now until you die, and you're never going to learn everything there is to know about God. But when you start talking about who God is and a knowledge of the nature of, of who God is, it's, it's, just, it's just great. I mean, it really is. There are, there, there, are other, there are many subjects that I love talking about, none greater than this. In fact, I, I have read many times that in England, in the, in, in the proper uh, circles, of course, uh, that in England after uh, dinner, which would be mid, midday, not like we think of it, that the men, of course, in that age, in the 1800s, the men would then retire to uh, uh, sort of the men's study, and they would smoke cigars and talk about Jesus or and God and the nature of God, theology. And I'm thinking, mm, I'm a man out of my time. And um, so uh, it would just be, uh, it'd be kind of a, the whole thought. Now, I, I, just so you know, because I'm such a, a, a renaissance man, so to speak, um, I would allow women, just so you know that, okay, just, just to make sure we understand that. Um, anyway, there's no greater subject. There's no greater theme. And at the same time, one of the hardest things, as I thought about this, one of the hardest things to do in life is to, you know, just kind of stay alive. That's why, you know, they wrote a song about it. Staying alive, staying alive. Anyway, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I saw a couple of eye rolls on that, but uh, it's going to happen. Um, but you think about one of the hardest things in life is to stay vibrant, to keep growing, to keep from getting stale. I mean, whether we're talking about just the way we want to do things, the way we live our lives, our hobbies, or our profession, we want to kind of we've done things a certain way, we want to keep doing it, and when somebody comes along with a different way, we're kind of like, you know. Certainly in our marriage, if you're married, relationships, it's very difficult to, to keep those things growing and not become stale, and all of us know what that means at, at different times in our life. And, and, and obviously, even as we start talking about understanding God and the nature of God, um, we need to continue to stretch and to grow and to learn and to pray ask God to give us this greater insight, greater depth of understanding as to his nature and who he is and, and so forth. So this is an important issue for us. And 
it's always easy to get a little skewed in our knowledge and to think we're a little further along, to dazzle people with our knowledge. And, and really, that's not about that. I mean, it, it, you can get certain places in any area of life and think, oh, I got this new, I'm doing pretty good on this. And then you come to grips with, with the reality of it all. I take this class about once a week, once every 10 days at, 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 at a minimum. Pay $100 a year to have personal training 101 at the Mac store, one-on-one. And, um, and this week, after I got over all my stuff from last weekend, if you weren't here last weekend, if you were here, thank you for your prayers. I missed the second time in my life I ever missed church because of uh, health issues. I was last Sunday morning at this time. I was enjoying the confines of Overlook Hospital. And, uh, and they were great, but it wasn't a place that you really want to hang out anytime, even though they're great people. Um, but I'm fine. It was just a reaction to some medications I'd been taking. It just took a while to get it all out of my system. So I got over all that, and uh, mid- midweek I'm back in stride again. I go to my, my one-on-one appointment at the Apple store. And I've been learning how to, I've been, I don't know, maybe it's the year of this, this particular birthday coming up, but I'm trying to figure out how to edit all of our videos and, and, and all of our pictures and make stuff out of them for my family and my grandkids, kids and grandkids. And it's just a constant struggle to learn this stuff. I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, some of you are like, you're an idiot. Well, yeah, maybe I am, but I mean, it's just a constant struggle. So I go back every week and I start over, okay, now what did I learn last week, you know? Um, so I went back and started doing my stuff and I had a great session with this, this kid and, um, I mean, you know, I think he was 12 years old or something, but um, he was probably in his 20s, but anyway. And he was just, they're always great. They're always very helpful and supportive. And he says, to me, he says this to me. He says this to me at the end. He said, you are the most advanced student I've ever had. And I'm like, dang. Gotta buy you a drink? You know, you can't even drink. Anyway, uh, um, and then I ask a question that I should not have asked. Well, how many students have you had? And um, he said, well, I haven't been a trainer very long. And I said, well, okay. And he said, in fact, um, most of the people I deal with are just trying to figure out how to turn them on. And I'm just thinking, I didn't really need to hear that. You know, I was doing really well for a little bit. It's kind of like that when it comes to these issues. We, we think, well, I'm really learning a lot about God. And then we open the Bible and we see a verse that maybe, or maybe something happens in life. And somebody says, why did God do that? Or why did God allow that? Which may not even be the appropriate question. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the nature of man. In some cases, we blame God when we really, we really need just to blame the fact that we screwed it all up. God made it, created a perfect world, and then we came along and screwed it up. But... Um, but we get in those issues sometimes and we realize I really don't know as much as I thought I did know when it comes to who God is. And that's why we need to continue to grow and continue to, to, to study and continue to try to understand what the Bible teaches on this. So here we go. Um, I, I want to just read some verses, three different passages from the Old Testament um, on, on the nature of our God and the fact that God is transcendent. He's transcendent. Defined, that means he is not limited by experience. Think about that. God's not limited by experience. I learn. You learn. Through life and experience, you'll learn. God already knows everything. So he's not limited by experience. He's not limited, you know, he's limited, he's not limited by categories, and he goes well beyond that. He's independent of the world. Um, he's above the ordinary. He's transcendent. He's, he's supreme overall. 
when you think about that. And, and, and these verses are, gonna, are really going to talk about that. And whenever I read these verses, maybe for some of you, they're familiar. Maybe uh, for many of us, it, they won't be. But um, these are from the Old Testament, as I think I said. Um, whenever I read these verses, I kind of feel like I do oftentimes whenever I have the privilege of doing a wedding. And I have that privilege from time to time with, with some of you. In fact, I got one coming up Saturday night. Gonna do the first, I've done a lot of weddings. I'm doing one Saturday night. Is Dan and, uh, I'm sorry, is Dave and uh, Kate here? Okay, they're not here. Um, doing this wedding uh, Saturday night at LBI, on LBI. I'm the first time ever I'm going to be wearing a suit, but no shoes, because we're on the beach, literally. Actually, I'm wearing Vans. I have no idea what that is. Vans? You know what Vans are? Yeah. You know what Vans are? Okay, they're buying them for me. I don't know what they are. Anyway, uh, it just it doesn't sound like a real good thing for me, but anyway... Whenever I do a wedding, they're, they're just a, it's always a privilege, just a privilege to be a part of that in people's lives. And I always try to make them personal, and I always know a few things about the couple that I can kind of, we can have a few laughs and so forth. But we get to the vows, and I, always, and I usually say something like, you know, this is really a special time. This is, these are very, very, it's a holy moment. Because these are vows you're taking to each other before God Almighty. I'm just here the friends and family are just here. These are vows before God. And it's just a holy moment. And uh, I, never want to, I never want to, you know, let that get past. That's kind of how I feel with these verses. Whenever you start reading passages in the Bible where God talks about or the author talks about who God is, it just grabs me. And it's just like, wow, wow. And sometimes I feel like I'm just entering into the presence of God, in, in a sense, even though I know God's always with us. Um, so here we go. First one's on Isaiah chapter 40. And it starts off with God asking a question, then it goes into the narrator talking. So watch this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? And then the narrator takes over. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each other by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Not a single star is missing. Because of God. That's amazing. Have you ever heard? Excuse me, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary. Or he never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. This is, this is who God is. No one can measure the depth of who he is. Isaiah 55, later on, God talks here. He says in verse 8, My thoughts are, not, are, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So many times we try to use human reason to explain God. And we start saying, well, well here's why God did this. I always, I always take a special interest when I hear somebody say, well, here's why God did this. And I will not lie to you because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you're a fool. You have no freaking clue why God did what he did. 
Don't tell me that. I've been around too long. I was born at night, but not last night. Um, um, our thoughts aren't God's thoughts. Our ways aren't God's ways. And we need to understand that. Yeah, we try and we strive and we think and we pray and we read to try to understand these things. But you can never explain God away by the way you are or by the way you do things. Because we're all just a bunch of fallen crazy people. You know? Kind of like the country song says. I've heard that country song. Uh, How's it go? Um, God is great. Beer is good, and people are crazy. There you go. So that's, that's, that's what's a country song. I heard on my. I, I, you want to hear it? I got it right here. No, I listened to it over and over and over again. Anyway, um, we think we can explain God away. We can't, and 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 we get into tr- trouble because we start thinking. You know, yeah, it's a great exercise to talk about the nature of God, but when we get away from the the Bible, what tells who tells us, which tells us, excuse me who God is. I mean, then, then we're getting into trouble. One more passage. Um, this is in Job, and it comes at a time when Job has gone through all. He's gone through literally just hell on earth, lost everything, physical ailments, everything going on. And he keeps, you know, he just sort of keeps from asking uh, outright why God, but he sort of does too. And finally, God speaks to Job. Later on in that book, chapter 38, he starts talking. God starts talking to Job. These are, these are the, another some of those words when I just sort of get... You know, I kind of get, I don't want to sound cheesy here, but I kind of get, I kind of get, you know, the hair on the back of my neck kind of gets crazy when I think about God saying this, because I always personalize it. He was talking to Job, but I just put my name in there, you know. Now watch what he does here, Job 38. Rich, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations? And who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars, angels, sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. Strive to understand. Pray and and read. But let me tell you something. At the end of the day, where were you when God laid the foundations of the earth? We have a tendency to want to kind of sort of put God in some sort of a thing that we can understand. Let me show you what I mean. A quote uh, from a guy named Joseph Stoll, uh, Moody, Moody Bible Institute and so forth, actually near uh, Wheaton, the college you heard about from the video. Stoll said this, great writer, he said, our evangelical culture tends to take the awesome reality of God who is worthy to be feared and downsize him so he could fit into our buddy system. The way we talk about him, the way we pray, and more strikingly, the way we live shows that we have somehow lost our sense of being appropriately awestruck in the presence of a holy and all-powerful God. If God were to show up visibly, many of us think we'd run up to him and high-five him for the good things he has done. I kind of like the way he, you know, we we get that impression, we walk up to God and kind of high-five him as opposed to... He is an awesome God, and one in which we, we get into His presence, we fall to our knees in worship and in, in ad, in, in adoration and in, 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 in certainly in reverence to Him, and, and, and we lose that. Now, God is, God is um, transcendent. He's also imminent in the sense He is unknown, but He's made Himself known. 
And, and certainly he is close to me. I don't, know if I, if I don't know if buddy's the right word to use, but he is with me all the time. And he is one that I can go to with all my issues and all my troubles and all my, 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 my things. So, so don't misunderstand that. But at the same time, don't cheapen God into being just some sort of a, hey, a guy that I high five. It's not God. God is trans, you know, he, and don't, he's transcendent. He's beyond all limits. He's above all power. You know, here's the funny thing. Sometimes we think of God, and we think of God in, in terms of like some of the powers we attribute to our superpowers, you know, our superheroes. You know, we think, well, God's a combination of Superman and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And here's the funny thing about that. We can't even comprehend enough to write in such a way to communicate accurately how powerful and how big God really is. He's bigger than we can even, than the powers we can even attribute to our quote-unquote superheroes, so to speak, here on earth. And sometimes people try to do that, but again, it's, uh, I think it's futile. Here's a quote that you saw earlier during that song that Daniel was singing, and uh, I want to give you the whole quote. It's from Athanasius, a church father, third century or so. He is by nature invisible and incomprehensible, having his being beyond all created existence. God, by his own word, gave the universe the order it has in order that since he is by nature invisible, men might be enabled to know him at any rate by his works. For often the artist, even when not seen, is known by his works. So by the order of the universe, one ought to perceive God, its maker and artificer, even though he has not, even though he has, excuse me, even though he be not seen with the bodily eyes. For God did not take his stand upon his invisible nature and leave himself utterly unknown to men. But as I said above, he has so ordered creation that although he is by nature invisible, he may yet be known by his works. He makes himself known. That's the eminence of God. He makes himself known by his works and by his working in our lives. So our question then is just, and I just want to make four or five statements real quickly about this. Um, our quest then is to really live in light, if that's the right, the right phrase, and I think it is, of a transcendent God, a God who is above all. And uh, let me just make five very quick bullets. He's triune. He, he, he's three in one. Um, three plural pronouns are used. We, us, and our are used in six different times in four different passages, including Genesis 1, Genesis 3, Genesis 11, Isaiah 6. And, and, the, word, and the passage goes like this, let us make man in our image. We know that God, there's, there's, there's three in one. I like Steve's illustration of that. Can you explain that? No, I can't explain that. I do know that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son, of course, is Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives and works in those of us who are followers of Christ. And uh, he, he, that's, that's a triune God, all with different functions, but all equal. He's immutable. I don't know that I really fully have a... When I first studied the immutability of God, He doesn't change, is what that means. I don't know that I fully appreciated that like I do today. As the years... Pass by, I think. You know, one of the, you know one of the things I learned that I didn't know when I first learned this when I was probably twenty four ish um, is that everything changes in life. Bodies change, 
Ah, you, know, you don't want to hear that, church, but they do. People change. Relationships change. A lot of change takes place. Some people who were your close friends or who are your close friends now won't be 10 years from now or 20 years from now for various reasons. Here's the one thing that I can cling to, though. God never changes because he's perfect. He always loves me unconditionally, always has. Even before I did some of the things that have been bad that he knew I would do anyway. It's always amazing to me. He loved me. He accepted me. He forgave me from the very beginning, knowing what I didn't know, that I, you're just a you know, piece of trash sinner. You know? And God said, you, but you have value to me. So he's a, he's a triune God. He's immutable. He's holy. He's perfect. God is love. That's the imminence part of God. He, he makes his love known to us. One passage puts it like this in, in Ephesians chapter 3. If you pick it up there in verse 17, uh, then Christ will make his whole, I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, that your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong, that you may have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. I say this a lot, but you need to hear it clearly, and that is you have no idea how much God loves you because you're not God, and it's, it's, it's difficult to understand. He loves us that much. He's incomprehensible. St. John Chrysostom put it best, a quote that you hear here often, a comprehensible God is no God at all. So he, he, because he is God, he's about that, and the Holy Spirit, the part of the Trinity, he's at work inside of me. He's part of the process that takes place when I first come to faith. It, there's this, this, this thing, this process that's taking place in my life. Sometimes I go five steps forward and six back, and then I take seven forward. I mean, and, and our life kind of, you know, has little blips in it and little 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 holes and sometimes potholes and sometimes sinkholes in it, but that continues to, to track upward because God's at work inside of me. There's a process taking place. He brings stability into my life. He's the anchor, the, the one constant of assurance and, and affirmation and acceptance that I desperately so need that we all cry out for in different ways that can really only come from one place. That's God, your creator. And most importantly, my trust, and this is, this is huge, my trust is in someone who transcends time, space, and limitations. I can trust in you, and that might be okay for a while, maybe for most all my life. But there's always a little bit of risk involved because you're you and I'm me. But the only one that doesn't involve risk, I can trust in God, and He is one who transcends time. He transcends space. He transcends everything known to humankind. That's who I'm trusting in. Not people, not things, and certainly not circumstances. We have a God who loves us dearly, and He is transcendent. He is above all. When we understand that and believe that, it makes a difference in how we live every day. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. Ask God to work in all of our lives. God, I thank you for your love for each of us. I thank you for the power, the magnitude of which you have, uh, 
You have shown yourself to us and have revealed yourself in the Scripture, but also in creation and even in our lives in different ways at different times. We thank you that, that you are, uh, while you're certainly transcendent, you're also imminent in that you make yourself available to us. You're untouchable, but you, you touch us in our lives. We thank you for that and for your love and for your grace. In Jesus' name.